Oh, hey guys, this is Sheila Gunn-Reed and this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Freedom Passport. Do you know your rights? Freedom Passport resembles a Canadian passport, but it contains the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms in an easy to read format that you can take anywhere you go. And boy, I think you need that with you more than ever. To get your Freedom Passport today, it's easy. Visit freedompassport.ca. Now enjoy the show. Well, I asked, where's the beef? Let's call this for what this is. Oh, my God. (laughs) They are so hopelessly woke. How dare you? (laughs) That is the intellectual capital of the left today. Give me a break. You are now watching the Daily Roundup. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. You know, folks, today is St. Lucia Independence Day, and she does not celebrate it because St. Lucia ripped off the Star Trek logo for its national flag. How dare they? She is the she-devil with a slingshot. She is the Khaleesi of BC. She is Drea Humphrey. How you doing there, Drea? Hi, everybody. It's also Ash Wednesday today, too. Well, yes, but I mean, that goes without saying. That's why (laughs) Sheila, the she-devil gun Reed, is not here today, right? She's, uh, Mm -hmm. well, is celebrating the right term for Ash Wednesday? Apparently apparently not. Let us know in the comments. Yeah. Taking time for, I think, would be the right way to say it. And and by the way, folks, I wasn't kidding about uh, St. Lucia's national flag representing the Starfleet logo. Mr. <laughs> Pro- See, there it is. Look at that. It's even the same color, black and gold. And that w- that's what you'd see on the classic Kirk uniform. And Mr. Producer, do we have a uh, an actual Star Trek logo that we can show the folks? Okay, there you go. It's the same thing. <laughs> I mean, it, it literally like, is. <laughs> It, you it's like kidding. when they came up with their independent nation's flag, they said, you know, um, what are we going to put in the middle of it? And uh, somebody said, well, we don't want to break the budget on getting a graphic designer. Hey, that looks pretty cool on Captain Kirk. Why don't we just use the Star Trek logo? Uh, but then again, maybe uh, there's some synergy there, Drea. Maybe St. Lucia can be home to a Star Trek convention. Uh, maybe this is a money-making opportunity for the little island. What do you think? Well, aside from doing this, I don't oh. know anything about Star Trek. <laughs> like literally nothing. So I, I, other than you nailed it, you nailed it with the flag. It does look exactly <laughs> the same. So You know what? I'm so jealous, uh, Drea. I cannot do the Spockian live long and prosper uh, hand signal. In fact, I think the really? last time I tried it... Um, Well, let's put it this way. Someone thought I was giving them the middle finger and I almost (laughs) didn't live long nor prosper. So so it's it's good good for you. You've got the uh, right capacity to do that. But in any event, uh, before we uh, meander into the neutral zone, uh, why don't you tell the folks here what it is we're endeavoring to do, Drea? Well, it's our daily roundup. As you might have guessed from the title and the thumbnail, a lot of Trudeau is going down. You're not going to want to miss. He's been up to a lot, which means we have a lot to talk about. We give you the daily sort of news update. 
And there is a fun way you can communicate with us and be a part of the show, which is by giving us chats. Uh, Rumble is a good place to do so, Odyssey as well. And if you do the paid chats and it's $5 or more, we do our best to read that out, make you part of the show. And it also contributes to our journalism, which is completely independent of the government and completely dependent on you. So thank you so much for your support. Yeah. And speaking of the government, the uh, big enchilada himself, uh, Prime Minister uh, Trudeau, was at a, um, well, it was a Carpenters Union headquarters in York region. Uh, You know, first of all, I want to say this, Drea. Uh, We knew what time he was going to be there, namely 5.15. We knew it was in York region. But what this party is doing now, whether it's uh, Justin Trudeau, Christian Freeland, or just about anyone, they Mm -hmm. don't uh, disclose the actual location. York region is huge. I live in York region. Uh, It's a ginormous region. And this goes against the rules. Uh, And they've Mm -hmm. already been told that, you know, unless it's a um, private cabinet retreat, you have to disclose Mm-hmm. Where and when. And when I say where, I don't mean York region, you know, which is probably hundreds of square kilometers in, uh, in um, you know, substance, uh, Drea. But that the fact that he was at the Carpenters Union on Roundtree Dairy Road, um, mm-hmm. as per usual, somebody who hasn't drunk the Kool-Aid uh, tips us off of where to go. And, um, and the protesters uh, were tipped off too. And by the way, Drea, this is exactly why the Justin Trudeau liberals are blatantly breaking the rules. They don't want to be greeted by demonstrators. They are so thin-skinned, they, and they believe their own propaganda that they are the anointed ones, that the mm-hmm. idea of coming in front of several dozen demonstrators uh, protesting is too triggering for them. And... You know, to me, it's staggering, Drea. Like, I mean, you're the prime minister. You should have a thick skin. And what is the rationale for for breaking these? Well, we know they break almost every rule in the book, but they've already been censured on this. And yet they continue to break this rule with impunity. What's your take on this? I think he's gotten away with breaking a lot of rules. So what's adding one more to the pile, right? And I know that this is happening with the fundraisers as well. It's already untouchable to the average citizen. His fundraisers can go as high as $1,000 a plate, at least when he comes out here to BC. Um, But so they can't talk to him that way. And you're right, somebody tips them off. But in my experience, experience out here in BC, they get tipped off last second. And so he gets greeted this way very spontaneously. It's very organic. And that's going to say something to you as a leader that even when you are breaking the rules, dodging the people, your own citizens, they are still finding you. Often it's in the winter, they're coming out in the cold and they're coming out to just let you know how dissatisfied they are with how you're running the country. So thick skin or not, um, you'd think he would say, you know what, it's time to change. Yeah, and this poses no physical threat to Andrea. I mean, unless yeah. you think that words are weaponized or signage is weaponized or um, flags are weaponized. By the way, my favorite flag yesterday, Andrea, <laughs> I hope we have a clip of it. It was uh, when I first saw the fellow coming, 
I thought he was a counter protester because uh, his flag said um, end racism, uh, you know, implying <laughs> that these demonstrators are racist. And then when the flag got closer and it was a beauty, the logo on the flag was Prime Minister Trudeau in full blackface. You know, <laughs> oh, I need that one. I need that flag. I, I want to get one too. You know, so yeah. um, uh, it, it was uh, it was quite hilarious. And of course, there were many uh, Canadian flags there. Some right side up, some upside down. Which, by the way, folks, contrary to what some might tell you, that's not a sign of disrespect. That's a symbol that the of distress. And I think right now, for many people, they are in distress in Canada, mm -hmm. trying to live their lives with the uh, Justin Trudeau uh, policies. And, uh, and of course, yeah, uh, lest I forget, um, a smattering of F. Trudeau flags. So I, I assume uh, Aaron O'Toole is curled up in the fetal <laughs> position because his New Year's wish of uh, uh. stop being mean to Mr. Trudeau, don't display those flags. I guess it hasn't come true. What, a, what an absolute disgrace, Rick. Can you imagine that was his essay on New Year's Day where yeah. he didn't... I mean, talk about not knowing the room, right? You know, to right. go after demonstrators for an F Trudeau flag. No wonder Aaron O'Toole is yesterday's man. Well, and people have reported in Parliament that Trudeau himself said the F-bomb in Parliament. Yes. So if he seems to think that that language is fine to use in the Parliament, what's to be so offended about? I personally don't use the word. But uh, like you said, this isn't violence. They are not hurting him. And so if you don't like the flag, you don't like the flag, but you just move on for it. And O'Toole, it was just a joke. It, it didn't surprise me. I don't know who he's sucking up to or what, but it says a lot about him. And, and and you know what it most says about him? What a hypocrite and what a double standard purveyor he is, Drea, because the reason why he was denouncing the F. Trudeau flags, uh, can't we bring back civility? Can't we have some decorum? And if you recall a couple of years ago, Drea, this is a guy who recorded yeah. a video outside the parliament buildings of an outhouse and he's saying this is going to be Justin Trudeau's next office <laughs> once he's voted uh, out, right? Well, first of all, uh, O'Toole was so insipid and such a flip-flopper that he uh, shot himself in the foot. But I mean, like, you're calling for decorum and civility and you're doing a a porta potty joke. <laughs> uh, and by the way, the sound quality because the wind was so horrible, the whole thing was a disaster. So, you know, like physician, heal thyself. But before we go on, um, why don't we show a short one minute clip um, of the uh, of the greeting uh, that uh, Mr. Trudeau received last night? <laughs>
And by the way, Drea, um, as you saw, we weren't on the driveway or the parking lot. Right. Uh, we were told if we did that, uh, we'd be charged with trespassing. So we were on the uh, opposite part of the curb. And then they changed the rules. They said, and they actually said this, you have to be, you see where I am right now, on the other side of the tree line. They actually called it that, <laughs> the tree line. Not, the not, tree line. <laughs> Not the tree line in Canada where, you know, the, the uh, trees stop growing uh, when you get to a, a certain northern latitude. But, the, you know, I think they make up these rules as they go along because I, I don't have an official city plan. But I know part of that berm where everybody was standing is indeed property of, uh, of the, the city of Vaughan. But anyways, he just gets out of his car, as you can see, and does that goofy smile and wave and just slithers in to the uh, Carpenters uh, Union. And I want to make uh, also point out, as you can see, Drea, um, there's his entourage of vehicles. Almost Gas all of guzzling. them are full yeah. size, I should say extra size, Chevy mm -hmm. Suburbans with eight-cylinder engines burning not, to use another Star Trek reference, they're not powered by dilithium crystals, but fossil yeah. fuels. And get a load of this. They stay idling. For the <laughs> 90 minute plus time he's there, because Drea, God forbid, uh, Prime Minister Blackface McGroper uh, gets into an SUV that's less than room temperature, right? So, it, yeah. the point I'm getting, Ted, is that they're advocating electric vehicles and they don't even have, you know, plug in hybrid vehicles. They've got old school, full size SUVs burning right. fossil fuels. The hypocrisy is off the charts, my friend. <laughs> It's so bad. And it's always like that wherever he goes. And you're right. Sometimes they do laps and laps around. I guess they're, you know, checking the area. But why not an e-car at this point in time? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he always has to do that signature wave. It doesn't matter who's <laughs> out there. He's got no friends out there. And he's still like this, just, just in case there's a mainstream media camera, you know, floating around there. Like it's every time it just, <laughs> who's he waving at? The Rebel News camera? I don't think so. Oh. Oh, but no. He just, <laughs> oh. But he just does it every time. Oh, it's make no mistake, Drea. The mainstream media, they weren't freezing their ball bearings off on the yeah. outside of that building. They were, right. you know, tucked in on the inside and getting fed and fed mm -hmm. and you name it. Uh, you know, those are the official <laughs> um, state funded and state approved propagandists. And, uh, they they get a, a a red carpet welcome to a Trudeau event because hey um, they know where their money's coming from. Justin right. Trudeau is their sugar daddy, and uh, does it make sense to bite the hand that feeds? No, not for them. Not when integrity isn't a concern of yours. That's for sure. And you know, in a way, thank goodness there were some state-funded uh, shills inside that building because I got to find out what Justin Trudeau was talking about. By the way, we got a video. There he is. Now, this is, I get a laugh out of uh, blackface here because this is what he always does when he goes to a um, auto assembly plant or to a blue-collar trade union hall. He gets rid of his jacket. <laughs> <laughs> he loosens his tie. He rolls his shirt sleeves up. It's like, uh, you know, hey, I'm just like you. I'm I'm a common yeah. man with a common van. Uh Drea, I don't think this guy knows how to even hold a hammer correctly. 
Well, Jagmeet Singh does this too. I don't know if you've noticed. He keeps talking about, you know, the bad people with money, the corporate uh, people. And then he takes off his Rolex and he puts on like a little t-shirt and and has his little TikTok video with his energy drink as he's saying it, you know. And it's just, it's all, it's like, we see you. We see you all the time. Who are you hiding from? You know what I mean? Like, just be real. You know, it's so funny. It reminds me of the uh, 2016 election campaign in the United States. And when you had uh, Hillary Clinton, depending on what region she was in, uh, for example, if she went out to the Midwest, she's suddenly speaking with a Midwest twang and using Midwest slang. And I'm thinking, are you serious? Do you think the rubes are buying this, right? And if she goes further south, it's a Southern accent. And uh, this, you know, this idea that I am one of you when nothing could be further from the truth. You know, you're an elitist, you're a globalist, you don't care about common people, you're in a different universe. Uh, it, it's shocking. But um, there were some uh, media on the inside. And get a load of this um, from Alicia Hashem of the Toronto Star, which of course is uh, state funded and approved media. Um, apparently, the focus of Trudeau's speech was to compare conservative leader Pierre Polyev to former U.S. President Donald Trump. And I'm thinking, oh, uh, Drea, talk about not knowing the room. If I'm a working man, if I'm right. a carpenter, uh, Donald Trump was a friend to the working mm -hmm. class. Under his regime, what did we have? We had record low unemployment. There was no inflation, low interest rates, energy independence, um, energy projects were not being canceled. And mm. if I'm a carpenter, I'm going, uh, you know, if you're comparing Polyev to Trump, uh, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, what's your point? And I mean, they're, I, they're not even similar at all, too. So I don't think that's lost on people as well. I mean, Pierre is very collected in his thoughts and how he communicates. And, you know, Trump is Trump. So it's it's a poor analogy at best, and you're right. It's it's not an insult. Yeah, we're into the third year of the Biden administration, and it's been a disaster. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know what it reminds me of in this province, Drea? People on the left, when it comes to whatever it is, healthcare or infrastructure, you name it, they go, "Well, going back to the Mike Harris years, uh, Mike Harris." ended his premiership at the beginning of the new millennium. I mean, it's been more than 20 years. You're still blaming Mike Harris, which was a pretty darn good premier. Let me tell you, he said what he meant and meant what he said, except for not privatizing the LCBO. I don't know what made him, um, you know, go native on that promise. But in any event, um, the idea of forever blaming the prior regime, I mean, uh, mm -hmm. I think Biden, what what you know the U.S. is enduring right now in terms of energy independence, inflation, interest rates, unemployment. These are self-inflicted wounds by the president. Right, it's far worse right now, and I think Americans are catching on to that. But who knows what Canadians are thinking in that area? Because when Trump was you know, the president, our media was so focused on slandering him all the time, like they were yep. just letting 
Canadian news go to the wayside well, they would just focus on him. And so they don't do that with Biden, obviously. So if you're not really tapped into those politics, you might not know what's going on there, really. But those who are can see right through it. And they see Trudeau's lips moving, but they know that it's just hot air coming out. Yep. Trump was the big, bad boogeyman. And I think the very worst thing that happened, because you were talking about the media, you know, uh, playing up Trump as a villain. And that was the Canadian journalist for uh, freedom of expression. And their head honcho at the time, I don't know if there has been a change, but he was actually trying to lobby the government, the association that is, uh, Drea, to ban Donald Trump from coming to Canada. This is the oh Canadian journalist for freedom of expression. Wow. I mean, d are they getting the words freedom and censorship confused somehow, Drea? <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly. I mean, is it at all surprising in Canada anymore that they're trying to censor people? But um, I think my thing with the media... Because before I was with Rebel and I wasn't really paying too much to what was happening with Trump, I was like, is he really racist? And I remember they had said that he called basically all Mexican racist. And I think that was the worst thing that they did. Because when you went and watched the whole video, he was talking about that violent gang for mm. which the president of Mexico agreed with, um, you know, on how he summarized them. But they just snipped it and made it look so bad. Like it was just so horrible. It, so, it's yeah, not just bad and horrible, Drea. It's unethical and immoral. Yeah. I mean, if you're mm -hmm. a journalist and it's about the public's right to know and you're skewing the message to make it look like the president is saying something that he didn't. Um, yeah, something so bad. It's unethical. Yeah. And meanwhile, they cover for Joe Biden. I mean, look what's yes. coming out um, with the Twitter investigations of the former Twitter head honchos. Mm -hmm about how they suppressed Hunter Biden's laptop story. They actually, right. the New York Post, which does, does fantastic journalism, um, they actually had their Twitter account suspended for reporting the truth. And had yeah. that been Donald Trump's son with that kind of a laptop, you no, know dear. that leads you know on the front page. But um, welcome to left-wing hypocrisy. That's what they're all about. We have to break for an ad, and uh, we'll go back to a few more uh, Trudeau clips. Uh, have your um, paper bag that you find on an aircraft uh, nearby <laughs> just in case you just can't take it. <laughs> If you want to look good and shine like me, you can do so at our store. Go to ribbonnewstore.com. On this website, you have so much different style to wear as this one, my favorite one, Justin Castro. With my code Alexa10, you will have 10% off on your next purchase. So don't hesitate. Go now and look so good like me. Canadians know the national anthem. They stand in silence to remember those who died for this country. But not every Canadian knows their rights and freedoms. The Freedom Passport will change that. It looks and feels like a Canadian passport, but contains the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms in a portable, easy to read format. The Freedom Passport, order one for yourself and for all the freedom lovers that you love at freedompassport.ca. Well, I, I love that Freedom Passport, Drea. Yeah. It's a handy little thing to have. And uh, 
Wow, our colleague Alexa Lavoie looks uh, looks like a French Canadian Gap model, I would say, um, with yeah. that beautiful Justin Castro T-shirt. That's our top-selling T-shirt, by the way, folks. And, I have uh, never gotten so many compliments on anything like I have when I wear that shirt. But my sweater is also from here. It's got my favorite color from RebelNewsStore.com. It's got the purple in it. I really love this. Make Canada great again. But when you wear that. Trudeau shirt. So many people stop you and they're like, I like your shirt. Where'd you get it? So oh. definitely highly recommended. Drea, as I've said before on the live stream, not only compliments, but Lady Menzoid wears that all the time. <laughs> and in on three separate occasions at three different retailers, the employee was so grateful for that. Lady Menzoid actually got a discount, didn't even ask for it. <laughs> like, you know, so folks, you can make money with our merchandise. You know, uh, that shirt has more than paid for itself. And uh, you know, the funniest one was she was in a Walmart once wearing that and a guy went by her and his eyes were narrowed. Right. And then he circled by again and he still got the, that really, you know, cringe look on yeah. his face. And Lady Menzoid's thinking, oh, I just, I, I don't want to get into a, I don't want to get into a scene here. I just want to do my shopping. And then he came closer and the meanness in his face evaporated and he had a big <laughs> smile and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought that was a pro Justin Trudeau shirt. Now I see what it is. So she's making new friends and you can too, folks. So. <laughs> oh, man. Do people wear pro Justin Trudeau shirts? Has that ever been a thing? I don't know. You know what? That's a great point. I don't think I I've don't ever, think so. you know what? Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen it. He must have his so supporters. Either. We know that I'm he's won three elections. Yeah. For sure. uh, <laughs> well, the last one being with the help of communist China, of course, <laughs> um, you know, but uh, a W is a W, as they say in the uh, in the sports world. But why don't we go to another clip of Trudeau? Um, it was very cold last night, uh, except for Trudeau. He was indoors and except for his suburban SUV, which kept the motor running all the time. But Trudeau says people across the world are facing climate anxiety. What does that mean? They're afraid of freezing oh, yeah. rain today? I don't know. Let's <laughs> check it out. <laughs> and also just the bounce back of our economy see, with uh, so many jobs created after we came out of the, uh, the pandemic has put pressures on cost of living, on inflation, interest rates going up to try and keep uh, inflation down, um, mixed in with the general challenges that people are facing around the world, whether it's anxiety about climate change, anxiety about the pace of change and transformation of our communities, our businesses, our world, uh, the rate of how things are changing around the world is really destabilizing. And that's something that people are going through all around the world right now. And one of the challenges uh, that we're facing as communities is how to hold together. Um, Drea, are you suffering from climate anxiety? Before I answered that, I was trying to get a good look because it looked like one of the guys was just smirking the whole time he was talking while he was filming. I'd love to see what his Facebook post was. He's, he's over to the left somewhere. But um, you know what? Is it climate anxiety or anxiety about what the government 
how the government's going to hit us financially over climate. That might be something people are anxious about. But I think when it comes to the youth and the kids, unfortunately, in some ways, this is a real thing that's been created by the government. They call it eco-anxiety. There are students who actually have mental health issues because of this. And why wouldn't they? If they're in an environment, maybe with a teacher who talks about this all the time, they're not given any hope. They're told, unless uh, you fix everything everybody else does and how everything runs in Canada and the society, there is no future. We're all dead. So it is becoming a real thing, unfortunately, as they push it and push it. But something tells me in that room to the people he's talking to, I don't think they're buying it. I don't you think know, there's that climate anxiety in there. Indeed, I think the climate anxiety is for another reason, i.e. carbon taxes. I mean, think of that audience. Yeah. They're, they're, they're carpenters, Drea. And when we saw them leaving the parking lot, what are they driving? Uh, Ram pickups, uh, Ford F-150, <laughs> Chevy Silverados. Uh, they need to haul away, uh, you know, haul around their tools, their lumber, et cetera. Um, so when gas prices keep going up, when carbon taxes keep going up, this guy is taking a bite out of their income. I'm wondering... Does anyone buy what this guy is selling? And I I say that because we were asking the carpenters as they were coming out of the venue and Mm -hmm. um, they were we we heard from several of them that they weren't allowed to speak to the media. Somebody laid down that mandate. Oh, including two young guys who said we love Rebel News. But we can't say anything. And they jumped in their truck and uh, did a burnout out of the parking lot as if to suggest that even being seen in our presence might hinder their careers. You know, it just kills me, Drea, how Trudeau and his enablers are so hellbent on controlling the narrative that they would say to these people, supposedly in a dominion with free expression and free press and freedom of speech, do not talk to the media. Do not say anything bad. You know, it's baffling to me, Drea. Yeah, it's all a facade. And could we expect anything less from a drama teacher? That's what it is. It's all a show. I mean, you said so yourself. They weren't even allowed to talk to you. So who knows what these people are thinking in their heads? I mean, I don't think they're buying it. I wish we could see that. Oh, there he is. He's in the background there. Anyways, I'm going to let it go. But <laughs> they're smirking as he's talking. So, um, yeah, he can roll up his sleeves all he wants and control the media, what people can hear. But we're seeing through it. Canadians are seeing what's really happening at a rapid pace these days. And, you know, I wish there was someone there with more than a uh, off-putting smirk. I wish there was someone with the... T- t- the- the testicular fortitude <laughs> to actually <laughs> give Trudeau a piece of his mind. But then again, you know how it works, uh, Drea. You get docs. You might have your bank account frozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might get arrested for hate speech. It's just too bad. Not one single carpenter in that building uh, yesterday, um, you know, really gave that prime minister uh, what for in terms of his policies that work against working Canadians, let's face it, especially in the blue-collar trades. We should go on to another clip. Um, oh, it's Trudeau bragging about record-high immigration levels. I wonder if he's including um, 
How many was it? 39,000 people that came that immigrated to Canada via Roxham Road last year. <laughs> I wonder if he includes that in the immigration total. Uh, let's see uh, what Blackface has to say about this. Um, but the other thing is um, we need more people to come in. I mean, one of the big questions that we get all the time is, you know, as our government is raising immigration levels to the highest levels they've ever been, in a few years we'll be bringing in 500,000 people a year. Um, people are like, well, we already are facing challenges in housing. Um, you know, where are we going to house these 500,000 people a year? Well, a lot of those people will be able to contribute in the building trades. Uh, a lot of those people, particularly now that we are targeting, uh, we've made changes in our immigration system that allow us to target more specifically areas where there are skill shortages or trade shortages. I was just uh, talking uh, about some of the training centers uh, that you guys have in Portugal and other places that will allow people to get up to skills even before they come uh, to Canada so that they can hit the ground running, which is what we need uh, as soon as they get here. So these are things we're looking on. We need to renew our population. We need to renew our workforce. Everywhere around the world uh, in developed countries, uh, the population is aging. It's a real challenge for everyone. Uh, Canada is facing less of a challenge than others because uh, we're still growing through immigration. Uh, but there's more to do. Well, Dre, I call him as I say as I see it, and uh, he's half right. Uh, indeed, our birth rate is lower than 2.0, which is what you need to sustain um, a country's population in terms of those in the workforce as opposed to those in retirement homes. Um, however, this lackadaisical approach especially with illegal aliens coming into the country. Mm -hmm. um, I love how he's saying this is going to help the building trades. If I'm a carpenter, uh, you know, working uh, on a daily basis and getting a paycheck and paying my taxes, I'm kind of wondering, well, if that person, if that illegal alien broke the law, right off the bat getting into this country. Maybe this is the kind of guy that's working on the sly for cash, not paying taxes, not contributing uh, to the federal coffers, and maybe undercutting me uh, because I have to pay taxes. So maybe some of these people Trudeau is lauding is going to put me and my brothers and sisters out of a gig. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a fair question. I mean, and then you talk about the population, how we're, um, you know, we're decreasing in numbers. And then I can't help but think of we're allowing ads to come here that are teaching our young people who are going to have kids that the best thing they can do for their child is not have another. And then meanwhile, he's saying, you know, bring everybody in to do this. And it's, I feel like as he was saying that he was struggling himself to believe the words that were coming out. There was this, he always pauses, but it just seems like he's not even buying it himself. Uh, and I always think it's linked to votes as well. He's thinking of future votes so we can live on forever, right? It benefits him to bring people because then he's the guy who brought them here. You know, you're, you're grateful for that automatically. Drea, you are 100% right in my book, and you'll never see this in the mainstream media, but this is indeed a opportunity for the liberals to change the demography of Canada. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're basically saying to illegal aliens, come on in, no problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're uh, uh, hashtag welcome to Canada. 
And the quid pro quo is that every four years, just remember exactly. it's Team Red that got you here. That got you here. That's right. And we'll and, and we'll let your family get here. Oh once yeah. You get here. You want the rest of your family here. So of course we're not done. <laughs> you know what no. I mean? There's plenty more to come, right? I think we 100%. have a chat, if I can uh, read it, for those of you who are just tuning in now. If you want to be a part of this and get into the conversation, you can go to Rumble or Odyssey. And if you do a paid donation chat, I call it, because it contributes to our journalism of $5 more, we read it out. So AMT60 says, are any of the rebels going to Christine Anderson's event tonight at the Whitby Christian College? I missed out on tickets. Will the event be recorded and uploaded anywhere? Saw some vids from Alberta tour. So for those of you who don't know who Christine Anderson is, she's a member of the European Parliament who has come all the way to Canada. She's so concerned about about what's happened to Canadians under uh, the Trudeau regime that she's out here and just really feeling sorry for us. Um, but yes, that's right. We have covered a lot of it um, through Alberta. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think we're going to be there tonight, but there's more to come with her as well. And I would imagine her event tonight is going to be recorded at some capacity. Anything and else we want to add to that? Oh, absolutely, Andrea. On Monday, I attended Family Fringy Day uh, on a uh, farm, a private farm, uh, somewhere halfway between Hamilton and Cambridge. And Christine Anderson was there, and she very graciously gave up about 25 minutes of her time. I had an exclusive Q&A nice. with her. So that video should be uh, coming out soon. And uh, she's a wonderful lady. She's a German um, uh, politician who has taken an interest in Canada, and especially Justin Trudeau, calling him, I believe the words were, a disgraced democracy. And, um, you know, it was very interesting, this family fringy day. Uh, this was a, you know, to mark, you know, the, the first anniversary of the Trucker Freedom Convoy in Ottawa. And I found it, um, Drea, even though it was, you know, very family friendly and there was a wonderful, joyous vibe you know, at that farm, I found it bittersweet. And I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. If you're going to commemorate uh, the first anniversary of the Trucker Freedom Convoy, um, you would do it on Wellington Street in front of the Parliament buildings and not hundreds of kilometers away uh, close to Steeltown. But the reason is uh, yeah. you look around and men, uh, there was a handful of trucks, including the iconic crane truck with the giant maple leaf flag that were part of that demonstration. And we all know what would happen yeah. if they showed up on Wellington Street, even for uh, a protest a la lasting a few hours. They would be arrested, maybe violently. They would be fined. They would have their rigs mm -hmm. towed away. They might even have their bank accounts frozen. So here is the new rules, folks, when it comes to having a demonstration in Canada that runs co contrary to the Liberal Party of Canada. You can demonstrate all you want, but not on not in the town square, not on a public street. You're going to have to go to private property. And I just wonder how long that's going to last, Drea, before the authorities go. Uh, you know, we drove by and we saw some F. Trudeau flags. That's kind of mm -hmm. insulting. Um, I guess that's the next step in, in, in the narrative of these censorious thugs uh, with the liberals. But I just found it sad that way, Drea, that... That is where this commemoration had to take place. Yeah, it is sad. 
and especially for family-friendly protests. And it's just a sign of where Canada is with the freedom to peacefully assemble. I mean, I remember watching in other countries, protesters who were peaceful um, being attacked and that's what has happened in Canada. And so, in, and of course it's also sad with uh, the public inquiry commission's uh, ruling as well. So yeah, but at least it shows that we're not giving up, we're still going. And again, we are still peaceful. A hundred percent. And I got to tell you, Christine Anderson was actually deeply moved. Uh, she got into a truck at Vaughn Mills in York region um, and drove all the way to this uh, private farm. Well, she wasn't driving. She was the passenger. And she was greeted not only with several Canadian flags, but the flags of Germany, too. And uh, oh, nice. I think That's she teared awesome. up a bit uh, by yeah. that. She wasn't expecting that kind of, you know, grassroots Canadian hospitality. And mm -hmm. um, it was a wonderful day. And at least we can still commemorate these events on private property. But like I said, Drea, uh, it might only be a matter of time before that gets shut down too, because one of the failings of our constitution is that private property rights are not guaranteed at all. In fact, the government can freely expropriate property. Yeah. Um, but that's a subject for another day. Before we go to our next ad break, let's go to our last clip, uh, thankfully, of <laughs> Justin <laughs> yeah. Trudeau. Get um, it out of our system. Yeah, I, I, I think of that line, um, uh, he speak with forked tongue because he seems to say we need to support illegal immigrants from Roxham Road, but we also have to discourage it at the same time? What? Let's check it out. <laughs> People have confidence that we have an immigration system that works, that there are <laughs> rules to follow, that people come here and, uh, you know, because they're qualified and because we have two big oceans, well, three big oceans on, on all three sides of us and a very attractive and warmer country immediately to our south, we haven't in our history over the past many decades had a lot of irregular migration, which causes people in the States and in Europe to be a little more worried about uh, immigrants coming. So it's nothing innately Canadian that we're nicer or more generous. We just had you know, a certain amount of luck as a country to not have to deal with too much irregular migration. Um, over the past years, we've had a, a, a higher number of people coming in through Roxham Road in Quebec, uh, which has uh, caused a certain amount of consternation. Not so much that we can't handle, but we have to be really present to make sure that we're supporting people as they, as they come through while discouraging them from doing that at the same time. What in blue hell <laughs> did he say in that almost one minute long clip, Drea? Um, no, our Canadian immigration system is not working when, as I said, last year we had some 39,000 illegal yeah. immigrants uh, come into Canada. So you're right off the bat, you're breaking the law. Um, mm -hmm. But the Royal Canadian Mounted Police become the Royal Canadian Mounted Bellhops. They actually carry their luggage in. It's a disgrace. Um, th this should be ended. I mean, this is all due to the safe third party agreement in which um, once you are um, a migrant in a so-called safe country, that's where your journey ends. Mm -hmm. And you right. know, Drea, that a couple of years ago, when this Roxham Road uh, disaster first happened, this was Justin Trudeau taking a pot shot 
at Donald Trump because under mean Donald Trump, migrants weren't safe in the United States of mm -hmm. America. But there's been regime change. You got the Biden Democrats. Yeah. The southern border is a sieve, for God's sakes. You know, people are, you know, hundreds of people are coming in every day. So mm -hmm. it, you know, and also I want to understand the genesis of this agreement. Why does it only apply, Drea, to regular border crossings? And not, not so-called irregular border crossing. Irregular. That is a enormous loophole. Why the, the the drafters of this agreement didn't they think this was going to be exploited? Yeah, I mean, perhaps that's intentional. I don't know. I can only theorize that. But he also throws in the rocks and roll. He's like, oh yeah, nothing that we can't uh, you know control. Well, how are you controlling it? It's this gaping portal that everybody knows about to the point that you've got New York giving people bus tickets to get through it. And yep. you're saying that it's not something you can control. You know, it, uh, again, hot air is coming out and it's getting too hot. But um, I don't know about the irregular versus regular. Like when you, you say irregular, that means illegal, correct? Uh, correct. Yeah. I've yeah. always thought, Drea, that irregular pertain to, oh, I don't know, sometimes at the discount bin, I pick up a, yeah. a pair of irregular socks. I've never yeah. called a person <laughs> irregular, right? You're yeah, either like legal just, or illegal, right? <laughs> it's just playing down what it actually is when exactly. you say irregular, right? So, yeah, it's yeah. just a joke. Irregular. What 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 a joke. Um, Drea, we have to uh, pause for a brief ad, and then we'll bring it back on the other side. Um, well, with something, maybe um, Liberal MP Anthony Housefather, again, saying something that may or may not make sense. <laughs> Canadians know the national anthem. They stand in silence to remember those who died for this country. But not every Canadian knows their rights and freedoms. The Freedom Passport will change that. It looks and feels like a Canadian passport, but contains the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms in a portable, easy-to-read format. The Freedom Passport. Order one for yourself and for all the freedom lovers that you love at freedompassport.ca. If you want to look good and shine like me, you can do so at our store. Go to ribbonnewstore.com. On this website, you have so much different style to wear as this one, my favorite one, Justin Castro. With my code Alexa10, you will have 10% off on your next purchase. So don't hesitate, go now and look so good like me. <laughs> Alexa always looks good. Drea, we got to throw to a clip of Anthony Housefather. You know, one of the themes of our show today has been about uh, Prime Minister Trudeau controlling the narrative, censorship, uh, the media in the pocket of uh, the Liberal government of Canada. And, um, well, Anthony uh, Housefather, he's a good little Liberal train seal. Just wait till mm. you hear this uh, statement. Uh, it had my jaw on the linoleum. Take it away. These agreements require employees of the government of Canada that access these documents to sign confidentiality agreements. And why is mm -hmm. that? Why is there much more redactions, as my colleague said, in these documents than in other documents? It's because these documents were signed 
at the beginning of the pandemic, when everybody was desperate for vaccines, when companies were being told to rush vaccine production, do testing in an unprecedented way, in a way they normally don't do it. So these companies were exposed to way higher liability, putting their products on the market than they normally would because they didn't do the type of testing that normally takes these drugs years to come to market. They did it all in less than a year. So that's why these companies said, if I'm going to deliver you this product that I haven't tested in my normal way, I, I want to have different conditions. And with companies, all countries around the world competing with each other to get these, the countries had less leverage than they normally do. For example, if we were entering into flu vaccine contracts or monkeypox contracts or other things that were normally available, this would be a different issue. But these are already signed. They were signed at a time the government didn't have that leverage in negotiations. We just wanted to sign as many vaccine contracts with as many producers as possible because Canadians were desperate for vaccines. And in the end, it worked out. We got vaccines and we were one of the countries <laughs> that got to vaccinate everybody the fastest. Yeah, a lot to dissect there. Basically, what uh, Anthony was advocating is that all the members of parliament must sign an NDA, meaning a non-disclosure agreement when it comes to the vaccines. Who in blue hell does this guy think he is? The government works for us, not the other way around. We are the taxpayer. We fund them. We don't want governance done in secrecy behind closed mm -hmm. doors, especially with an experimental vaccine. Yeah. And when he says this line, every, quote, everybody was desperate for vaccines, mm -hmm. end quote. Everybody, Anthony, everybody, you mean including people that lost their jobs, lost their livelihoods, lost their businesses because they wouldn't get double jabbed plus boosters? Mm -hmm. Were they desperate for these vaccines? I think they were ahead of the curve. I think there's a lot of people, uh, Drea, because uh, I hear from them that got the vaccines typically through coercion. Either you're going yeah. to get the jab or lose your job. And they're really, really suffering buyer's remorse right now. But let's concentrate on the main thing here. MPs um, signing non-disclosure agreements mm -hmm. with wow. Moderna and Pfizer wow. and Johnson and Johnson. This is disgraceful. This is such a scandal. And every every word he said was a scandal to me anyways, when you're hearing it. And I, I'm going to go back to the vaccine because anybody who said this was experimental or whatnot was a conspiracy theorist. And you have him saying, well, the Canadians, they really wanted it. They were desperate to have it. So we rushed everything and then everything needs to be redacted in that conversation. That is insane. How is that safe and effective? And Oh my gosh, there's so much. That was actually the first time I've seen it. I'm still a little in shock. I'm going to have to watch it again. Um, but making deals like that with Big Pharma, this is what he is proposing. And I'm sure there are some MPs, especially in the Liberal Party, who would like to do something like that because they they were a part of rushing it out. But everything, even in the beginning, the average person, even the ones who maybe willingly got the shot, I think everybody was a little confused to hear it's no longer just two weeks. It's just until we get this rush vaccine. I think everybody for a moment went, oh, like, really? Like, that's the game plan now? And then some went along with it and others were like, this doesn't make any sense. So, 
and then he's talking about liability. He says that liability was one of the reasons, but my understanding is they're not liable, (laughs) right? They already had that, that insurance that they weren't liable for what could happen. So I don't even think that that's an accurate excuse that he just gave. Oh, 100%. And I mean, words matter. And when he says everybody, as opposed to many people or even most people, however you want to uh, craft it, uh, that's clearly not true. There were still thousands of Canadians unemployed because they were coerced out of their job. Uh, They Mm -hmm. didn't uh, bend the knee to taking an experimental vaccine. But on the subject of a non-disclosure agreement, can you imagine the precedent set? If this gets if they get away with this, Drea, how many other issues, contentious issues are going to be decided behind closed doors as opposed to on the floor of the House of Commons? Because, you know, we've all signed a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, This is dangerous. This is not the stuff of a democracy. This is the stuff of a dictatorship, Drea. Anytime they want to label something as an emergency, I mean, in British Columbia, we're still under a pandemic emergency. I'm unclear if Canada is or not. But even look what happened with the truckers in the Emergencies Act. They'll call that an emergency. And there'll be all these non-disclosures about that as well. This is frightening. It really is. um, If this takes off and, you know, it's right up there with uh, people in Parliament suggesting maybe we should, you know, off one-year-old babies like that was so shocking to me that that discussion's happening and now you have this happening what is happening in canada why is this erosion happening so fast and to think this prime minister in 2015 when he was first elected drea said that this was going to be the most transparent government Mm -hmm. in canadian history it is the precise opposite and it's only getting worse Uh, we should go on to uh this tweet which I absolutely love because it just shows you the blatant hypocrisy of the left, uh, especially when it comes to health care. Uh, I don't know if uh, Mr. Producer has it. Uh, there we go. Um, as you can see, it's a bunch of leftist protesters outside of an eye clinic, and they're mm. demonstrating against Premier Doug Ford's upcoming legislation to privatized, as they call it, healthcare. Drea, um, was it only mm-hmm. a couple of years ago <laughs> where I think they were even enacting or suggesting to enact laws that if you're yes. a demonstrator, that you can't demonstrate outside of a hospital uh, because mm-hmm. this false narrative was floated. And I know it's false because I was at these demonstrations. I remember totally one being false. outside of Toronto General Hospital, that protesters were preventing patients and even doctors and nurses from entering the hospital. That was an absolute blatant lie um, by the mainstream media. There was mm-hmm. not, nothing like that occurring. But anyways, they said, we can't um, have these uh, cranks uh, uh, limit access to healthcare. Oh, but if it's a private healthcare uh, institution <laughs> like this eye clinic, yeah, let's, um, l- let's get in front of the entranceway. Let's make life miserable for them. Drea, the outrageous hypocr- hypocrisy at play here, uh, again, I, I'm almost without words. <laughs> Well, and there's emergencies that happen at eye clinics too. I know because I worked at one for years. Um, Some of the ophthalmologists also work in the ER. So they have to go into, they get called uh, if someone really needs them really fast, a detached retina or something like that. It's so hypocritical. And that same blatant lie that you said happened in the mainstream media 
where you are happened in British Columbia too. There was a large protest of predominantly healthcare workers, at least that's who all the speeches were for that came. And the mainstream media lied and said that they blocked the Vancouver General Hospital when instead they were at City Hall. And the mayor even came out and called them idiots and jerks. Uh, mayor Kennedy at the time, Kennedy Stewart, who's not the mayor anymore. I mean, and the, the hate and the division. One time I went to cover a protest in New West about a boy, or sorry, I shouldn't call him a boy, a young man who uh, was arrested for not wearing a mask. I'm getting old, so I call him a boy. Um, <laughs> for not wearing a mask in in Douglas College. So he had a protest outside of Douglas College, which just so happened to be near a vaccine clinic. And the news spent the whole story like it was a protest against the clinic when it was all about the college beside it. I mean, you're right. It's so hypocritical. And it's it just shows people really need to watch all sources. It's painful for me to watch mainstream media, but I still want to know what's going on. I still need to understand people who watch it. Otherwise, I'm going to go, how are you even thinking what you're thinking? But people need to make sure they're getting their information, of course, from Rebel News. I mean, that goes without saying. But, 100%. you know, get do your due diligence because things like this can get flipped so much. And the left is full of hypocrisy in so many ways, including my body, my choice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, when it comes to terminating a baby. Uh, yeah, that's what that means. Uh, not when it comes to deciding uh, what kind of experimental vaccine goes into your body. One last anecdote about these hospital protests. Two summers ago, when I covered that one outside of Toronto General Hospital, completely peaceful protest. By the way, we even met some nurses that were part of the protest, if you can imagine, because uh, they weren't on side uh, with Jabomania. And um, what the most compelling takeaway was that there were members of Antifa well, Toronto Antifa, they're not Seattle Antifa. This is really the Bush Leagues. They're so wimpy and they're so easily triggered. And But mm -hmm. I digress. Same I'm here. on the grass of Toronto General Hospital. So basically, Drea, it's where nobody's going to be walking. You're going to be walking on paved walkways. Where's Toronto Antifa? With their bicycles, they're on a paved walkway. They're creating a roadblock. And the guy actually says... He recognized me and he goes, hey, Menzies, are you going to try to block patients from getting into the hospital? And I go, oh, you're the one blocking the sidewalk, <laughs> not a public sidewalk, the hospital's private sidewalk. Let's yeah. call it a walkway. I mean, what kind of delusion uh, do these people suffer? So, again, um, just uh, outrageous hypocrisy uh, from the left. It, it, it's, it's hard to understand, Drea, that they don't see the perverse irony of it all. No, I don't know that they take time to really think about what they're doing. I think there is just like a call to action. I mean, I've experienced this when the very few who will communicate to me about why they are, let's say, counter-protesting something, they usually get a call to action and it's like a little paragraph from Facebook and then they just come out in droves. They've taken no time to actually check to see if it's accurate or what have you. They just go with this little bit of information. So I think that has a lot to do with it. They're told what to think and what to feel and and that just sits well from them and they're angry. It's an excuse to let your, your anger out, right? Um, and not even know why or who it's directed to. We do have a another chat and there's a purple heart in it. So I think that that's 
for me, but <laughs> we'll see. It's uh, for from Aqua Skies 3636. Thank you both. So it's for both of us. Okay. And Rebel News. Drea, love your toque. Oh, thank you. Where did you get it? Ooh, I think I. it's cheap. It's got to be cheap. I did buy it new. It was uh, uh, Ardeen's. Very cheap. Um, is it available <laughs> anywhere? I eat Rebel. Thank you. So yes, Alex with Rebel has already on it. He's already suggesting purple toques. I'm all for it. I said yes to purple toques in the chat and I said purple everything, please. <laughs> so well, hopefully check out rebelnewsstore.com soon, hopefully. Well, thank you so much, AquaSkies3636. And yeah, um, I should say we have one more ad we got to uh, get to before we wrap things up, Drea. Um, oh, I just love the title of this ad. It's called Trudeau on Trial, if only. <laughs> yeah, one day, one day. <laughs> I am speaking to you at a moment of grave crisis when violent and fanatical men are attempting to destroy the unity and the freedom of Canada. But after weeks of dangerous and unlawful activities, after weeks of people being harassed in their neighborhoods and small businesses, forced to close democracy flourishes in canada we don't always agree and that's okay because individual liberty is cherished in canada our government will always defend freedom of expression and freedom of peaceful assembly it has now been demonstrated to us by a few misguided persons after evidence of increased ideologically motivated violent extremism activity across the country just how fragile a democratic society can be. It became clear that local and provincial authorities needed more tools to restore order and keep people safe. These are matters of the utmost gravity, and I want to tell you what the government is doing to deal with them. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act the public's legitimate right to know why the government proclaimed an emergency and whether the actions it took were appropriate. It is our view that there was no justification whatsoever to invoke the Emergencies Act. This is so tough to watch, there's no reason for that. They were literally running the horses through the crowd. The police came straight to me and he targeted me and he, he, he took his gun of tear gas and he actually shoot me directly in my legs. Was it worth invoking the Emergencies Act, ma'am, to trample on the rights and freedoms of Canadians? Why do you think excessive honking means, means that the government should strip citizens away from their rights? Our next and final witness is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Order a lot. Well, Dre, I call that must-see video, especially yeah. if you can go to one of the locations where we're uh, showing this documentary in a theater. Um, mm -hmm. That kind of enhances uh, the mood, I should say. Um, but like you said, uh, maybe one day he really will be on trial for so many things. And as a matter of fact, uh, we're just a little over, but I should get to, uh, or rather we should get to, uh, what's been in the news uh, lately regarding uh, Trudeau and the Liberals. And it is 
when people say, if you were to get the ear of Prime Minister Trudeau last night, what question would you ask him? And I think it's a no-brainer. It's about what the Globe and Mail reported uh, a few days ago, that um, the Chinese uh, interfered in the federal election of 2021. This is coming from a CSIS uh, whistleblower. And I think the key questions, Andrea, are the follows. Uh, oh, by the way, I should say the interference was this. They wanted, it was a two-pronged goal. They wanted to make sure that Justin Trudeau um, got a minority government, which makes me chuckle, Drea, because Justin's their man, but they want to keep blackface on a short leash. They don't want to mm -hmm. give him a majority government, right? Mm -hmm. And secondly, um, take away, uh, you know, just, um, you know, interfere in the campaigns of conservative uh, candidates uh, that had harsh mm -hmm. views uh, to China. And I know Aaron O'Toole is on record as saying they lost nine seats in the last federal election due to Chinese interference. Here is my two-pronged question to Justin Trudeau, uh, which you won't see anyone in the mainstream media ask. One, how long did you know about this Chinese interference? And secondly, Drea, were you complicit? I mean, why mm. wouldn't you be? A, they're on Team Trudeau. They want you to get the exactly. next government. And B, we know from what he said, I think some nine years ago before he became prime minister, he has a basic, you know, he has admiration in his heart for the basic dictatorship of China in terms of getting things done. Can you imagine any future of a Western country actually saying they admire the dictatorship of China? So I think that's the question that has to be examined. And my final thought on this, and I want to hear what you have to say, Drea. Uh, Justin Trudeau is going to get to the bottom of this scandal, which is to say he's going to try to find out who the whistleblower at CSIS is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. he's going to shoot the messenger. He's yeah. not going. He doesn't care about the message. He's on side with that. And why wouldn't he be? Uh, Drea, what do you think of this latest outrage? Well, you're right. This is exactly what every journalist should be asking Trudeau who gets near him. Your questions were right on point. How long did he know about this? Um, whether or not he was a part of the plan or not, did he know and then just sit back and it works in his favor? I mean, this is huge. Ex yeah. um, election interference. I did interview one of the MPs who believes and the Conservative Party believes was targeted to be ousted, and that is former MP Kenny Chu. And we talked about yes. it as well. And, um, you know, this is a huge issue and it does need to we need to take this very seriously before the next election which I would say could be the most important election in Canadian history. So and can we trust Trudeau, the Trudeau Liberals to do that for us? I mean, is there any alternative? Is this something that uh, citizens can take into their own hands with sort of a public inquiry into this or something? I don't know. But this is this is the big leads when it comes to things that are should be of concern to everyday Canadians. A hundred percent. And I mean, what a country to prop up. Communist China is a vile dictatorship. Right now, they are uh, conducting a genocide 
against their own mm. citizens, namely the yeah. Uyghur people Uyghurs, uh, that yeah. live in China. This is a country, of course, uh, where the COVID-19 virus originated from. Think of the millions of deaths. Think of the trillions and trillions of economic damage the world over. This is the country that illegally held uh, two Canadian citizens, the two Michaels, um, mm -hmm. for uh, hundreds and hundreds of days. And this is who you have some kind of strategic alliance with. And mm -hmm. Justin Trudeau talks about Canadian values and you're in bed with the mandarins in Beijing. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable, uh, Drea. It, it, absolutely despicable. That's the word that comes to mind. Despicable. Yeah. It says a lot about him. It really, does. It does. But I guess but, the yeah. ends justify the means, don't they? He got elected with that minority government. It may as well be a majority given uh, uh, Jagmeet Singh uh, and uh, his uh, despicable, there's that D word again, exactly. yeah. <laughs> attitude of well, propping up this government uh, whenever there's a vote in the House of Commons, but then criticizing him <laughs> when he's out of the House. Oh, what a two-faced liar that guy is. But we'll see what happens uh, in the next election. What's your prediction this year, 2024 or 2025, Drea? I'd say 2025. I hope it's 2025. I just want to say one more thing. I mean, if I'm not wrong, that election cost like $600 million and he got pretty much the same amount of seats as before. So yep. I don't understand what type of plan this, <laughs> this was really, you know, to come out with almost the exact same outcome. Um, but anyways, just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, well, he. you're right. It was much ado about nothing. And uh, it's so sad that, um, like Wired and Willie, uh, Aaron O'Toole saw his shadow and got spooked. Uh, because I remember very well the first two weeks of that 2021 campaign. Trudeau had two horrible weeks in a row. And Aaron mm -hmm. O'Toole, like I said, folks, I call him as I say as I see it. He had two superb weeks in a row. And then Aaron O'Toole started talking about um, yeah. a gun grab and carbon taxes and flip-flopping on everything he said in the first two weeks. I think the idea was, we're so ahead right now. Now I just got to go liberal light and I'll get liberals get to more, vote for yeah. me. What a horrible strategic error. Um, mm -hmm. uh, again, self-inflicted wound uh, from this man. But why are we even talking about him? He is yesterday's man. <laughs> I know. Who's so too old? Well, Drea, I All think right. unless we have any super chats left... I don't think I we do. I don't believe so. Okay. Well, I want to thank you, my friend, for filling in for uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed. And I want to thank uh, Efren uh, behind the boards doing uh, great work. Thank you to everybody that tuned in, especially those who uh, gave us a couple of bucks uh, so that we can continue to keep the lights on. Uh, I'll be back in this chair, I think, with Sheila uh, out west tomorrow. In the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane. Bye, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.